Whoever starts their day by thinking, hey, I'm going to have an affair today, doesn't happen. But how many people do you know, or maybe this has been you, that find themselves asking one day, how did this affair ever happen to our marriage? Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Verlinda Simone Gendel. Hey, everybody, this is episode number 20. Woohoo! For episode number 20. All right. Hey, we want to shoot out a big thank you to Jason Gentarola. The gentleman in the Philippines that helps produce our podcast episodes, he takes the sound, cleans it up, mixes all the parts together. Jason, thank you so much. You've been doing a great job, and we know yeah. uh, we've had a number of compliments from our listeners about the audio quality, and we really appreciate what you do to help us out there. And we really like working with you. Yeah. It's been fun. Yeah, Jason's great to work with. And also to our listeners, for Linda, over 4,000 downloads on our podcast. Mm-hmm. Most uh, podcasts, apparently 80 or 90% don't make it past episode number eight, so... We're thankful for you guys for listening and downloading. Yeah, and giving us a little bit of feedback now and then. Yeah, we do appreciate your encouragement. That's the fuel that keeps our tanks full, helps us to keep going. So what are we talking about today? We're going to be talking about affair-proofing your marriage because we don't want any of our listeners to ever have an affair. No. Because they are brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And our prayer for this episode then is to make someone who is listening just like suck air and go, oh boy. It's time to make an about turn because I'm headed for a serious marital train wreck. Yeah. If you're on that track, turn around. Yep. Yeah, have a good lesson here and better pull the e-brake. Yeah. Yeah. So I just remembered too, Verlinda, before we were recording that a phone call that I had with a guy whose affair just got blown out into the the public and uncovered and everything. Mm-hmm. And I just remember like the the profound sorrow and regret. Like he was just sobbing on the phone. He was suicidal. He was talking about the shame of how his children were going to see him mm-hmm. and the loss of his, you know, respect in his community mm-hmm. and the impact on his wife, his family. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And like he was seriously considering taking his own life. Like it was so severe. Wow. Yeah. And he probably didn't get there in a day either. He probably didn't think about that when he initiated all that. No. With, wow. With his affair partner. So I think, you know, one thing we need to remember is that verse in 1 Corinthians, it says, therefore, let him who thinks he stands, take heed that he doesn't fall. Mm-hmm. So we can't sit here, you know, saying, oh, we have a great marriage. We're fine. Mm-hmm. No, we need to continually strengthen and maintain mm-hmm. our marriage and protect ourselves from mm-hmm. that. As long as we're human, we're here on this planet. We're vulnerable to doing things that are wrong. Yeah. To sin, right? Yeah. So... One thing we can do, though, to help protect ourselves is to educate ourselves about what's what our vulnerabilities, the risk factors are in our lives. Okay. And then we want to give our listeners three ways to affair-proof their marriage. Now, again, the word proof, you know, we're just using that in the loosely. You can't proof anything right. in, in life, but I think we can make it highly resistant. We can do our part. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just going to get nerdy for a minute here with some research from Sapellus, Fisher, and Aaron. They did in 2010. They actually, this is one of those meta-analyses. So they, they studied scores of studies, right? not yep. just their own study. Yep. And so it was a great sort of assimilation of data about affairs and, and risk areas. There's four risk factors that are areas of risk factors that I want to bring out for now. The first one is with regards to relationship satisfaction. So that's your, your satisfaction with your marriage that you're in. Okay. Number one, there was boredom. That's a risk factor. Hmm. Yeah. Lack of emotional support, 
the frequency and quality of sex, the amount of felt love. Mm -hmm. And then if either of the spouses has low agreeableness, meaning that they're generally disagreeable and hard to get along with. Yeah. That's a risk factor. And low conscientiousness, which means like I never, you know, eat your breakfast in bed or do those little things that think of you above me. Oh, okay. Open the door for you. Okay. So those will all affect yeah. our satisfaction with our relationship. Right. And then when that's decreasing, we've got a vulnerability issue. Okay. And then mental health or psychological issues. Now, you know, whereas the first part, those are all in our control. Sometimes these are biochemical issues that we don't have control over. So we're not being judgmental on any of these. But if you experience some of these, we want you to be aware of that, that it is a risk factor. And maybe you can strengthen your marriage in other areas to help offset this. Or at least the awareness. Or get help in these areas. If they're treatable, absolutely. Yeah. So the first one is just any general psychopathology. Mental health issue is a vulnerability. Depression in particular is a big one. Uh, Narcissism is another one. And a narcissistic person is a person who sees themselves as larger than life and others as an extension of them. So that type of person might see themselves as very attractive and other people as people to be used to, to satisfy that need to confirm their attractiveness. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Um, excessive alcohol consumption is a risk factor. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And another one that's very sad is childhood sexual abuse. That's a risk factor for affairs as well. Role modeling by father. So a generational infidelity pattern. If grandpa had affairs, if dad had affairs, I'm at risk for affairs. Hmm. Yeah. And more so by the father than the mother. Yes. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Because it normalizes that as part of your upbringing. Right. Okay. And maybe your, your, you know, maybe your dad, there was some shame associated or maybe your mom was upset and maybe there was a divorce, but maybe two dads sort of in subtle ways communicated that, you know, he was the man, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and then that becomes a value that's sort of inherent in your upbringing. So that's one to guard against. Attachment anxiety is another one. No, I don't want to get into the whole attachment thing, but these are spouses who are uncertain of the availability of their spouse. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they cope with that by seeking reassurance from and clinging to their spouse. Now, if if I go for the clinging and reassurance because I'm not sure with you and you aren't giving that back, maybe I'll find someone else that will, will give it. reinforce that for me. Oh, okay. So yeah. that's an issue. And then another type of attachment problem is attachment avoidance. And those are spouses who doubt the availability of their spouse and they cope by avoiding behaviors that promote intimacy. So because I'm not sure you're available in the marriage, I avoid deepening intimacy with you. Okay. And so, you know, an affair in some ways, the intimacy of an affair is much lower, is a much lower threshold than the intimacy that can really happen in a marriage when you go deep and you really know each other. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you can see how that person would turn outside the marriage possibly as well. Okay. So just watch those mental health or psychological issues. And then the third one is self-perception, the third domain. And if I perceive myself to be more socially desirable, like more attractive to others in social, in the social realm. Mm-hmm. That leads to, there's more probability of infidelity there. Wow. Yeah. Women versus men for a moment here, Verlinda. Mm-hmm. Women are more motivated by the need for intimacy and self-esteem, and they're more motivated towards affairs by dissatisfaction with their marriage. So if I'm dissatisfied with my marriage and I'm feeling that need for intimacy that I'm yeah. not getting in my marriage, yeah. I'm going to go outside. Yeah. And I think the reason okay. why they flag women on this one particularly is, well, it's because of the numbers, but if you think about the the gender difference... If a, a husband and a wife are both equally dissatisfied with their marriage, she's at greater risk for infidelity than he is. Wow. So you got to take your dissatisfaction seriously. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then men, on the other hand, yeah, overall, they just have a stronger desire to engage in sexual infidelity. Okay. Why is that? Because our world socializes men that, you know, they're stallions. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That whole thing, right? Yeah. So that's self-perception. Last area for Linda is social factors. And the social factors are, number one, lack of religiosity. So if you're a less religious person and you don't perceive there to be some higher power with objective uh, moral laws mm-hmm. that you are bound or at least obliged to obey, you're more at risk of an affair. Mm-hmm. If you have higher income, you're more at risk of an affair because of the opportunity afforded to you. Like being wealthy makes you more socially desirable. Oh, okay. But yeah. being wealthy too, if it gets to your head, can also give you a sense of entitlement that I can have whatever I, I want. Okay. Yeah. And then any work, employment that involves touching clients, discussing personal concerns with colleagues or clients, or working alone for periods of time with coworkers, all of those types of occupations have a higher rate of affairs hmm. than normal. So now, like EMTs or police or something police that are just officers. driving in a car for hours. Yeah. Massage therapists. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now we're not saying that all, you know, massage therapists and police officers are, are having affairs. No, so, and not we're not at all. condemning those occupations at all, but we're saying there are higher rates in those occupations. So if that's you, you be need, aware. Yeah. Yeah, be aware. You need your guard up more so. Absolutely. Okay. And, and that that's probably a good segue to our next section, which is how to if you know, we want to give our, our listeners three ways to affair proof their marriages. So what can yeah. they really do to kind of to build these walls around their marriage and protect themselves, make themselves safer? Yeah. So I would say like the first way here. Or idea number one is keep deepening your love. Mm-hmm. Invest in your marriage. Yeah. Really sort of building that attachment bond between husband and wife. Yeah. And a great way to do that for Linda, I, I picked up from um, Sue Johnson. She is the really the lady that invented emotionally focused couples therapy, which is one of the most effective couples therapies currently okay. available. Is this, and I'm, I'm going to quote here. So she says a marriage, in a marriage, you want to become, have the marriage become a source of security, protection, and contact comfort for your spouse. So what's contact comfort? Contact comfort is a place where I go for reassurance, for comfort, for someone who can hold me. Okay. Both emotionally and physically. Mm-hmm. And then she says that we need to learn to assist each other in difficult emotional circumstances and in developing positive and a potent sense of self. Wow. So that when we see the marriage as an opportunity to enrich my spouse... And this is the idea. What I love about this is it resonates so well with the biblical model of Christ in the church, where the husband is called to to nourish and to cherish his wife. That becomes, you know, you see the marriage as a crucible for for personal, emotional, spiritual growth. Yeah, right? but even self growth. Yeah, that's inevitable. Yeah, but because you're other oriented, you're going to grow yourself. Yeah. So I really like her definition and how that resonates with the truth of Scripture. So deepening that love. But I think, Rona, too, you know, there's other ways. That we can invest in our marriage. Yeah. Like I think we could show love and consideration, Mm -hmm. you know, like something you do for me. I usually go through the routine of getting the girls ready for bed, but sometimes when I'm exhausted, you'll go and you'll do that. And yeah, we'll both say goodnight. That's showing consideration. But that's showing consideration and that love. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next one is sharing power. And I'm just so thankful that you share some of the power in the marriage with me occasionally. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. What's that? That was me trying to spin myself off as the henpecked husband. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But no, uh, this is actually more the other way around. The husband sharing power and not just being sort of the authoritarian leader. Mm-hmm. 
We but talked about this, didn't we? In episode re- number three, yeah. Receiving influence. Yeah, you can get that at onlyyouforever.com slash three. How to receive influence. That's really a good one for the husbands to, to share power with their wives. Mm-hmm. And then learning to be there emotionally for each other. That's another good one for husbands too, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Because a- you're more like think it through in your head and here's the solution. Yeah. And is, that's exactly what you need though. You need a solution. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course. And I think we should be sexy with each other. Like flirt, date. Mm-hmm. You know, don't just, I mean, yeah, do the dishes together too, but can have some fun. <laughs> Doing dishes is do really dishes. sexy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's good. Okay. What else for lunch? So that's the first way. Keep deepening your love. Yeah. And I think we need to own our stuff, like own your own stuff. Like face those mental health issues. Are you seeking treatment? Are you getting help if they're available? Yeah. All those mental them? health or psychological issues that we talked about above. Yeah. Know that, you know what, this puts my marriage at risk. So I'm yeah. going to do everything I can to guard it. Yeah. And if that means going and getting outside help, I'm going to do it. I'm going to face that, those past hurts and abuses and I'm going to seek healing. Yeah. hundred percent. And then another one too, you know, the whole first Corinthians seven thing is about not withholding our bodies sexually mm-hmm. from each other too. Right. So it's okay. I think, you know, to be a low desire spouse, if that's all there is to it. But if you pull back from the physical intimacy because of those deeper issues, you don't want to let your, your history or your brokenness or even your sense of victimization become your dominant message. Yeah, face those like, fears. Yeah, you don't want that to get in the way of your sexuality and your sexual intimacy in the marriage because mm-hmm. that is so important, especially if you hold to the whole Christian faith belief, which holds marriage as sacred and that's the only place that sex should happen. Yeah. You know, you want to honor that, right? Yeah. But more than just honoring that, I think you want to make that the place where the best sex happens. Right. Encourage it. And that takes some growth. That's, you know, you have to deal with your stuff if you're going to face all of that. Yeah. So. And kind of changing topics here a little bit, but as we talked about before, watch for entitlement from positions of power in in your marriage. Yeah. You know, like um, if you've got a boss who's maybe making advances. Right. You need to just be very aware of that and put up the barriers and... Right. Because if they come with a sense of entitlement, it's a lot harder to... If someone else does. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to really have those good boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Did I just totally confuse you there? No, that's good. I just, I thought we were coming from our entitlement, but you're talking about somebody else's entitlement towards you. Yeah. That they can have access to your sexuality. Yeah. Yeah. Or even your emotions. Yeah. Like, don't come cry on my shoulder if you're a different gender. Here's my wife. She's really good to talk to or talk to us together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Got to watch those situations where we make ourselves emotionally vulnerable and yeah. yeah. Good. So that was the second one for Elena, own your own stuff. Third one, be intentional about your well-being, your personal well-being. So what are you talking about? Like eating well, well and exercising and Yeah, I think healthy, you stimulating know. Stimulating your mind. Overall healthy, but even like uh you know, as dads, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things we often struggle with is we need to be a spiritual leader. And we can talk about it and pay lip service to it, but actually taking that seriously in our lives and thinking about what I need to do on a weekly basis, on a daily basis, how I plan my week, think about my week, how I think about the time I spend with my family to be that spiritual leader. This is addressing that religiosity piece, right? Okay. Yeah. So I can build resistance to evil influences by being that spiritual godly father. Okay. That I'm called to be or husband. Or husband. Yeah. And husband, I should say. Yeah. And or husband, depending where you're at in life, I guess you may not have kids yet. Yeah. So that's a good one. And then I think for Linda too, you know, that's the spiritual side, but in all of our lives, let's make good choices about finances. Yeah. And about our fitness. 
Yeah. And even about the food we eat. All that stuff affects how you think, how you feel, how you act. Yeah. And if you get yourself in a huge amount of debt, you've got that added stress. You're Mm -hmm. disagreeable with each other. Mm -hmm. You know, you can go elsewhere and there's someone who isn't aware of all that. Mm -hmm. But no, if we make good choices, we decrease all that stress and we don't have to worry about it. Absolutely. So being intentional about our own well-being. And then another area in there is just the the whole uh, friendships thing. Like same-sex friendship? Yeah, same-sex friendship. So as a guy, I have good guy friends that support me. Um, they value marriage as well. They mm-hmm. respect mine. And I think that's important for girls because, you know, the or for women, because there's so much of the, the stereotype of the woman goes and belly aches with her girlfriends about yeah. her husband, right? No. Well, that's enough for that crap. That's not healthy for a marriage. If your husband has issues or there's things that you're unhappy with, talk to him about it. Right. First. Right. Yeah. Like the fact that you just use the word crap. In public. Mm-hmm. Do you want to get Jason to put a beep on there? Or? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. So what were those three things? Okay. So first of all, Verlinda, we had... Keep deepening your love. Yep. And then own your yes. own stuff. Yeah. And then be intentional about your well-being. Three ways to affair-proof your marriage. Okay. Hopefully that's given our listeners some food for thought. And uh, we're going to skip our Q&A section today because of time. But if you do have questions from this episode, let us know. We'll pick them up the next time we do a Q&A on the podcast. Yeah. So just a little preview here. Next mm-hmm. week, we're going to air an interview we did with Tyler Ward. He was a really great guy to talk to. I found it really interesting. Who is Tyler Ward? He is the author of the book, Marriage Rebranded. Yes. But I, what I think is the most cool is he's just a normal guy who said, no, I need to take my marriage seriously and just thought about it a little differently. Anyways, it's really fascinating, but I won't give you the whole thing. Wrote a great book. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a chance to talk to him, which is awesome. That is our first interview podcast. And hopefully uh, it worked. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see how that all comes out. But uh, we'll also have a video recording of that online on our website. So make sure you you stay tuned for that. We did it over Skype and it was kind of, uh, we already, we already did this, even though it's coming next week. Yeah. So it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at onlyyouforever.com slash 20. And And remember. (laughs) I wanted to say that part. All right. You say it. All right. Remember, we are here to help build thriving, passionate marriages. So send us your marriage questions in to questions at onlyyouforever.com. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the onlyyouforever.com podcast. Please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our podcast at onlyyouforever.com slash love. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. When I breathe out, my little screen thing fogs up. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Okay, as soon as you're done wheezing into that mic, I'll start. Ready? It's all yours. Whoever starts their day by thinking, that wasn't right. There's no empathy there at all. I'm a heartless (laughs) wretch. Okay, let me try that again. Whoever starts their day by thinking, hey, I'm going to have an affair today. Doesn't happen. But how many people do you know, or maybe this has been you, that find themselves asking one day, how did this affair ever happen to our marriage? So I need more like uh, empathy in that question at the end. Um, it wasn't bad. Do you think I can do better? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs>
That was so encouraging. <laughs> All right. I don't know. You can listen to it again if you want. Or try it again. Obviously, you're not. All right. Let me see if I can kick it up a notch. Try and cry at the end. Try and cry? Yeah.